Hi, everyone. This is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live, not live, but not dead either, far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear. It's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words, you know, like fooey, and we call each other cur a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here uh, here and there. So just so you know, if you want to protect your, your delicate paper ears from uh, our, our cutting remarks, um, just be aware of that. So uh, sit back or, I don't know, go for a jog, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I'm not your dad. I could be. We don't know. Pretty sure I'm not. Send me a letter. Coming up on the Summer Reading Podcast. Oh, no, I think it's a good look. Yeah, it's a good look. All right. Yeah, yeah. You look like someone, you look like a woman keeping it together. <laughs> Thanks. But you know something's going on. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, right. that's appropriate. <laughs> Welcome to the Summer Reading Podcast. This is the podcast where a professor and a librarian read and review all of the books you were assigned in English class. I am your professor. My name is Jack. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm your librarian. My name is Marty, and my pronouns are she, her. And today we are reading, don't you know it, Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein. <laughs> I didn't forget the title. I, was... <laughs> I, I looked at the book for emotional support. I was going to say, there was this, this pause at a glance. <laughs> she won't know what I did. Because I've been thinking about the giving tree. Because you can't like research oh, without the giving tree coming oh up. Which God. we'll do in probably a future episode. Yeah. Um, but I I was like, uh, we're reading. And then the the sort of like teleprompter of my brain got to, instead of where the sidewalk it, and it said, uh, say book title. Uh, like that's what the yeah. teleprompter said. Yep, yep. And so I looked at the book cover, but my notebook is on top of the book. So I was like, oh, well. <laughs> it's all good. Creek. Use your hands. <laughs> it is all good. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. My brain has been short circuiting a lot more than I am comfortable with lately. <laughs> you have a lot. It's true. There are things. You have a lot. <laughs> I think my brain short circuits are because I'm the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> Maybe at some point we'll both like be somewhere in the middle. We'll converge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like there was a time where our sine waves yes. were like lined up. Pretty yeah. Well yeah, now we're like. Now we're like on different graphs. We are on different graphs. Oh, God, we're talking about math again. <laughs> <laughs> hey. We don't discriminate. <laughs> Welcome no. to the Summer Homework Podcast. This is the podcast where a professor and I like all of the math you were assigned to do over summer vacation. God. I'm professor, my name is Jack. My favorite polynomial usually involves the number three. And my name is Marty, and I corrected my three-year-old on skipping the number three. <laughs> the look in your eyes. Of like, I can't fucking believe Jack's going to make me yes and a math <laughs> But I have to, right? That's that's <laughs> one of the rules of improv. We gotta yes and it. 
How are you doing today, Marty? I'm doing all right, Jack. I am... Said on the brink of collapse. <laughs> I'm here. I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm here. I had a, a full day. Um, went grocery shopping with the kiddos. Um, went downtown for rehearsal. Came back home to find out that the dog had wreaked havoc on the house. Um, and my husband looked like... He had been on an episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> so I kind of was like, you go lay down. I will take over, you know, dinner and bedtime. Um, and and now I'm here and it's, it's a delight. And we've been talking for a while, catching up, and uh, I'm excited. How about you, Jack? How are you doing? Oh, uh, well, I got home today and it looked like a dog had wreaked havoc on my house. But it's only me who lives here. <laughs> So, were, were there coffee grounds all over the floor and <laughs> uh i didn't i didn't taste them so i didn't know if they were coffee oh uh, right there was something like, <laughs> uh we're at the part of the year where there's like fruit flies oh uh, we have ants right now and that is i i don't think i've ever discussed with you my rage against ants but it is yeah that sucks how do you feel about uncles uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my noise even sounded like a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can hit your head on that low-hanging fruit. <laughs> um, yeah, so, sorry, you were saying, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, fuck it. Um, we're doing it live. We are. I'm fine. I'm fine. I think, you know what? I'm a fully functional human being. Yeah. And we're, we're going to, you know shoot confetti at that i love it agreed pop confetti <laughs> that didn't sound right pop champagne you know, the, 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 the party poppers oh yeah yeah i almost said you know poppers but that's a different thing <laughs> mr popper's penguins we need to do yeah. that book future ep- uh, that was from the beginning i know we're like that that's a and then here we are, 50 episodes later. Holy shit. And do that. But we're not doing Mr. Popper's Penguins. No, we're not. I'm fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> we're fine. And, and we're fine. We're fine. We're good. <laughs> we're thriving. Hmm? And today, <laughs> we're talking about, I feel like that's, I feel uh, like that's on brand it is. for today's book. It is. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein. So this is our first full book of poetry yes. that we've read on the show. We've done uh, The Raven. And we did Proof, proof Rock, Rock, too. And we did yeah. Proof Rock. All right, that's right. I, like, I knew, I knew Poe's not there alone. No. Um, and we did uh, Proof Rock. So, um, Marty, I think the question here is, have you read this one before? Oh, hell yes, I have. Um, I... Okay, language. <laughs> Excuse me, this is an explicit podcast. Hell, what's going on? Um, yeah, I, I, as a child, loved Shel Silver, Shel Silverstein. Um, it's a deceptively difficult name. It is. Why? What is that? Is it the L? Like in your your brain can say it perfectly, but your mouth is yeah. like. <laughs> maybe we trip over it. Yeah. Um, so yes, Where the Sidewalk Ends, um, and A Light in the Attic were two of my favorite, like, poetry collections, um, to read as a kid, and I never owned them, but I did read them a lot, like, from the school library and, and, um, in the classroom, so 
I it had been a minute since I read the whole thing, but I was definitely mm-hmm. like as I was reading it, I was remembering um, certain poems. The one that always yeah. stuck in my brain was the Hug of War one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really so sweet. it's um, very much um feels like a book that lives at school. Yes, absolutely. Yes, um, and it's interesting because we we have it on the shelves in the public library too, but I don't know that it gets as much love as it does like in the school library because it feels like one that like you just, you have library day, you know, in your like elementary school um, calendar. And so you go and you like get to pick your book. And I feel like it's one of those things that you, you would just like sit down and just cozy up with it for the rest of the period, you know? Um, so yeah and and i just remember i think one of the things that stood out to me reading this as a kid was the fact that poems don't have to rhyme like that was like what (laughs) you know um that was a a huge a huge uh revelation for me and and it's a strange revelation for this book because it's notorious rhyming oh no but there there is a lot of rhyming but then there are some poems that do not rhyme and those like stood out to me as a kid so you reading a lot of poetry as a child uh no i i fancied myself a poet i used to write a lot of poetry as a kid, how as old? As a kid, how, when I was like, old? I, the first poem that I still remember and I was four, absolutely loved as a child that I wrote, I wrote in second grade. Oh, okay. And it, it, you know, you know, that's that's Shel Silverstein. Yeah, yeah. Age. Um. Yeah, it was a, a poem for Halloween, and I will recite it for you at another time. Not right now. <laughs> Off the record. <laughs> record yes um but yes yeah, we're so, gonna come back next episode we're like marty's poem <laughs> and was shit your pants scary um yeah so and, and the idea of creating a whole book of poems with the accompanying pictures like i think for any kid who is interested in writing that is so incredibly appealing it's commercially genius yes yes it absolutely is um, so anyway, but I digress. What about you? Is this a reread for you? I have never read the book in full. Ah, interesting. Um, so this was the first time I'd ever gone through every single poem. Mm-hmm. Read one, go, huh. Read the next one, huh. Yeah. Read the next one after that, uh-huh. <laughs> Just like, uh, bounce, bounce them from uh, one to the other, but I, I have a vivid memory of a poem I thought was in this collection, but it might have been in Light in the Attic. Mm. Um, it was like in second grade, where the project was you had to pick a poem, you had to rewrite the poem onto a poster, you had to redo the illustration onto a poster, oh. you had to write like what you felt about the poem on the poster. Okay. So you sort of have had this sort of transcription, artistic, uh, and interpretive poster you had to make. That's a good yeah. assignment. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I remember from second grade. And the other thing I remember from second grade is I had to give a report on Ronald Reagan. And uh, let me tell you, if I could <laughs> go back in time and give that second grade report on Ronald Reagan again, it would I be... would be in the principal's <laughs> office so fucking quickly. <laughs> <laughs> be 
Because you would have said, fucking Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I, I walk up, I'd be like, okay, listen, let's talk, let's talk about the AIDS crisis. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I'd be there. I'm like, let's talk about uh, any, any crisis in recent history. Um, and then the principal would sit me down and say, Jack, trickle down economics works. Oh my God. And I'd be there. I'm like... Uh, you can't. Yeah. You don't understand. No, 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 no. I so I'm feeling very foolish because now I'm looking through these poems and I'm like, where are the ones that don't rhyme? <laughs> I swear to God, they exist. That is that was my initial like, huh? <laughs> there there are ones that don't rhyme all of the time, but right. still have. I think maybe I'm thinking that like. As a kid, I thought every poem had to be A, B, A, B. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> fuck the Academy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, with that. so I digress. Um, let's, let's dig in a little bit here. So, Shel Silverstein. Um, Shel Silverstein, <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, famous American poet, uh, famous musician, has a couple Grammys under his belt. Mm-hmm. I did know that. Um, he was born in 1930 and passed away in 1999. This book in particular, Where the Sidewalk Ends, came out in 1974, which is crazy to think because we just read Bluest Eye, which came out in 1970. Oh! So so to think that books like The Bluest Eye and Where the Sidewalk Ends are so close to yeah. each other, um, it, it's like, like, wow, like, time it's crazy i know i think like huck, huck finn and jekyll and hyde came out in the same year i think i feel like we talked about that yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It's, um and his first book i i didn't write it down but i have it here uh his first book was uh lafcadio or lafcadio i don't know how you pronounce oh, it oh the, the the lion the lion who yeah. shot back yeah 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 uh, uh, that was his first book, and then it led into uh, his career as a writer, which led to things like The Giving Tree, right? which uh, uh, it's going to come up, but I want to save Giving Tree talk for when we do The Giving we Tree. We should, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and all that. So uh, I have a quote here about his work from, uh, of all places, Encyclopedia Britannica. Ooh. Um, that I wanted to share, which I, I think it was a fantastic framework for the works of Shel Silverstein, which is, uh, Silverstein often eschewed happy endings because children, he said, might otherwise wonder why they themselves were not comparably happy. Mm. Um, and I thought that that was mind-blowing. That's, yeah. Um, especially because I think Shil Silverstein is writing in an age that is still not, what I would say, emotionally aware. Yes. I, I feel like it's it was an age where emotional awareness was coming to the forefront as far as, like, when you're raising your children. Um, like, it was around the same time, I think, as, like, Free to Be You and Me, which I don't know if you know that at all, but, like, oh, my God, Jack, it's lovely. You need to experience it. Um, it was this... this um, like movie and accompanying record that was produced by Marlo Thomas and a bunch of other um, like stars and celebrities. And it was all um, stories and songs about kids who um, were either like going through some stuff or like 
they were different or um, there's like a song that's called It's All Right to Cry. And it was all very, um, it was all very intentional. Like it was uh, like, like the, there was a a song uh, called William's Doll, which I think was based on a story of the same title um, about a little boy who wants a doll and his dad like freaks up, uh, freaks out about it. And Mm -hmm. you know how that freaks up, (laughs) freaks up, Um, freaks up all over the place. (laughs) Listen, I'm tired. Um, <laughs> so I feel like, but that was, I, I want to say that was either late sixties to mid seventies, somewhere in there. So like this, this, uh, emotional awareness was, I think coming into, um, the popular culture to a certain extent, but I agree with you that it was not, we like American culture and society was not where it is today as far as yeah. that is concerned. So great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a salient point. I was like, yeah, sounds like that exists. Um, next. <laughs> no, but to to your point, like I think um, <laughs> I think Silverstein I, I like that quote a lot. And I think um it's interesting because it, it almost harkens back to like the original, I shouldn't say the original, very early children's stories, um, European children's stories, like the, the Grimm's, oh, yeah, Grimm's like, Brothers, um, fairy fact, tales. I wouldn't say original, but I would say OG, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, we're super dark, you know? And and there is yeah, yeah. some, there's some... Uh, uh, Wilhelm did not eat his broccoli, so elves <laughs> chopped off his feet. Exactly. The end. <laughs> um, so there's, you know, it's not like that that idea of darkness being part of a child's experience of the world is not new, but I do think it's important to um, recognize and and bring yeah. it, you know, bring it, it into it's the in work. a way that he he's able to execute the sort of um, oddball playfulness. Yes. With, but balanced with a degree of the sinister and the macabre. Yes. In, in Ooh, macabre. Good I, word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just walk over, rip that off the word of the big house. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Webster. Um, uh, in a way that I think has had a lot of um, lasting potential. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because you go back and you read these older books and you're you're like oh i don't really know about that right uh like i think about when we read bridge to terabithia yeah and uh we had a lot to say about the fat phobia in the book yeah yeah um and how that seemed to be like a bonding thing and it's like it's okay to make fun of people if it's okay to make fun of um other people if they're fat and you and your friend you know are not yeah yeah Um, and I can already hear, like, the sirens going off. I mean, like, I can't believe you're comparing a collection of poetry to a novel. To which I'm going to say, go outside and touch some grass. Um, <laughs> um, but we're looking at this through the framework of me- media primarily directed towards children. Right, right. Um, not, I don't think many, like, poetry enthusiasts, uh, poetry fans, uh, even think to 
like pick up silver steel. Well, that's like, yeah, and that's like a whole thing in in literary circles too of like how how valued valued Jesus, I can't yeah. talk is children's literature. You we, know, we have the the classic. The, the classic debate of high art versus low art. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is something that we face with things like uh, young adult literature. Exactly. Uh, as well, where mm-hmm. many things like young adult literature can be on par with any other kind of literature, but because it's directed towards uh, adolescence, it's considered a form of low art. Right. Um, which sucks. And it's lumped in there with things like science fiction and fantasy. Yeah. Um, which is just a lot of uppity bullshit yep yep <laughs> um, agreed uh i'm looking at you the ivy league um, <laughs> and uh and I'll, I'll you know coalesces in a way that's like okay we're not gonna often pick up the, these days i'd say like oh you pick up the posts you've heard about or right. the ones who are writing right now right um uh shell silverstein no jericho brown yes yeah, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the sort of trade-off of like okay what, what's going on um so it's 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 an interesting game, mm-hmm. especially to sit down and review a whole book of poetry, which is not a, it's not a continuing thing. No, yeah. What you could say about Proofrock and what you could say about the Raven is, though they're single poems, they're continuing things. Mm-hmm. If we were to sit here and do a whole episode on um, Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Strout would not take the garbage out, um, which maybe we could have done, but I don't think I, I don't think I. Will. Uh, I don't know if anyone to. would listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think because in particular Sarah, Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stroud is I think one of the famous poems mm-hmm. of this collection. Mm-hmm. One of the like the the poster children poems outside of like where the sidewalk ends. Yeah. itself. Yeah, um, that's one of the things that I think people will gravitate towards to be, be like, why, why why have I heard that before? And where have I heard? And Hug of War. I mean, we can't we can't ignore that one. And Hug of War. Hug Your of cat war. just walked into the frame behind you and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, she, Absolutely. She clawed the shit out of my leg, so now... For a second, I was like, the fuck is that? Oh, it's a cat. It's a cat that's here every episode. <laughs> uh, the... Yeah, I, uh, I want to read a poem. Let's do it. Read it. Can I read a poem? I, uh, I wrote down some of my favorites. Yay. Um... And I also wrote down what page they're on, so I'm not like, <laughs> struggling to find them. Okay, this one. Yeah, I'm super close to the mic now. Um, this is an intimate discussion with Jack. Intimate <laughs> ASMR poetry. Michelle <laughs> Silverstein. All right, okay. Uh, this was one of my favorites. I, I wrote down three favorites. This was one of them. Okay. It's on page, if you're reading along at home, <laughs> 95. It's called Love. Ah. So to give a, a, a verbal description of this page, uh, there is a little girl and she's holding up a sign with a gigantic letter V. Mm-hmm. And she's all by herself. Uh, love. Ricky was L, but he's home with the flu. Lizzie, our O, had some homework to do. Mitchell, E, probably got lost on the way. So I'm all of the love that could make it today. So cute. <laughs> um, I really love that. I like I, it too. I re- I love that because the, one of the things that I love about Shel Silverstein's poems is there, there tends to be a degree of ambiguity mm. with it um, because th- I, I would say that there's a degree of like sadness and hope yeah. in this, in this um, f- four line stanza. Mm-hmm. 
that's just like how this one girl who showed up when all of her friends didn't show up or couldn't show up right still showed up yeah yeah um and it's like there's a lot that's playing there and i can even like i can feel myself being a kid reading this and not knowing what the fuck is going on and still feeling something yeah yeah it's like oh there's love involved but she's alone Mm -hmm. i'm a kid i think there's love involved and i'm also alone yeah yeah totally then the whistle blows and you have to go inside for lunch from recess yeah because we're we're sitting outside with our books at recess (laughs) 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 little little marty and little jack (laughs) i didn't know how to read oh oh yeah i still don't bullshit Um, can I, can I share my, um, my first poem that I annotated or annotated? What the fuck am I annotated. saying? Annotated? That's a library <laughs> book, Marty. I'm gonna fire you. I did not annotate it. I took a picture of it and then I just found it on the actual page too. It is on page 27 and it's called Listen to the Mustn'ts. And it is, listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, the won'ts. Listen to the never-haves, then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. And that one for me is like, it's like a hug, you know? Like I can imagine growing up a super Catholic child. Yeah, yeah. And reading this thing that's essentially like, I have agency. It's... (laughs) amazing yeah 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 yeah. total totally and so i did i took a picture of it because i i thought about sharing it on instagram Um, but but then i just decided like i just want to have this like in my phone this is mine no one else can mine that's right this is actually one of the poems that is cited directly by uh encyclopedia britain oh interesting what did they say about it i i don't remember what they say i just remember that this was like this was like, ah, oh, the encyclopedia needs to know about this. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So let's um, let's talk about style. Yeah. Okay. That shirt is working for you. Really. <laughs> Especially with the baby wearing wrap yeah, over it. Baby yeah, the baby poking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, <clears throat> Shel Silverstein is is known for this sort of. Uh, playfulness mm. and is is text there in many cases there's there's a bounce in yes. the, the meter and oftentimes um i thought always but oftentimes uh there's a rhyme there's a rhyme scheme you know you're probably right that it's always and i just am insane it's gonna be 1 a.m this morning and you're gonna slap me with a text message that says boom baby look at this here one it, it doesn't rhyme here it is and then oh. I'm like, Marty, that's his bio. <laughs> oh God! But uh, it's it's very it's very playful, um, in a way that I think is uh, one of the things that sort of evinces his uh, connection with children. Yeah. Right. One of the things that makes this such a good book for kids is like you could be a kid listening along and sort of bouncing along. Totally. With, with the, um, the, not the prose, the opposite, the poetry. Yeah. Um, and, and I had never read this book all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I had found 
poems that might not even be new to me, but just simply did not remember, is he does this thing every once in a while where he will establish a rhyme scheme or a meter, and then at the very end of the poem, he'll just fucking throw it out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it'll be like, it, diddly-doo, diddly-dee, fuck! Like, that'll... <laughs> It's very, it's very, um, uh, it reminds me a lot of, like, Shakespeare's sonnets, where, like, the last two stanzas are different than... That's just a sonnet. Oh, is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck me, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, not to get pedantic. Uh-huh. But, yeah, that's just a sonnet. I have to give that... Just I don't. To Shakespeare. I don't have to hand that one to to Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess his maybe his sonnets are the only ones I really am familiar with. A but. sonnet is a series of three quatrains ending with a couplet. Well, so. Jesus Christ, Jack, Professor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I'm gonna be over here uh-huh, with my, uh-huh. in my convertible <laughs> wind through my hair. People looking by like, oh, look at that. That guy fucking knows the, the makeup of a sonnet. Do old next. Do old next. So fucking. <laughs> this is how listeners know that it's real, right? Like, <laughs> we are not scripting this. I just made myself sound like a total ad. ad You're not. Like... No, 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 no. I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim the asshole um, for this part of the conversation. Um, God, claim the asshole. Like, disgusting. Disgusting sentence. It's like a communal ass. <laughs> <laughs> like your medieval farmers. Oh my you god. <laughs> I'm gonna wake up the baby, I'm laughing so hard. Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh so yes, it is like a sonnet, mm. much like the ones Shakespeare wrote. Uh <laughs> Sorry, continue. Talk about style. <laughs> um uh, no, so I, I'd like to I'd like to throw it to you. Mm. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the on Silverstein's style? I find so I, the one thing that I want to um, emphasize in talking about the style of this poetry in particular is the accompanying illustrations. Um, I feel like mm. as as a child reading poetry like having that picture that goes along with it um it tickles you even more right like it it makes the joke come home even more and some of the some of the um poems and the illustrations are just so imaginative the one that i'm thinking of is the dog with two tails or the two oh, yeah. like the the no-headed dog or whatever it's that, called that fever dream yeah, yeah yeah and like i i look at that and a i'm like well that's like a fucking disgusting picture but also i could totally see like an eight-year-old drawing that and being thinking it's so hilarious right and additionally being with your friends like in the library seeing a picture of a two-headed dog and just cracking exactly it. like snickering over it and like not being able to like let go of that image yeah. and the fact that he can this man this adult can be that connected <laughs> go through all his credentials <laughs> <laughs> this man this adult, <laughs> this author, this poet, musician, <laughs> illustrator, um, that he, he can, he can be that connected to, I, I hate to say his inner child, but like 
that's what it is, right? Like that never leaves us. I, I think. don't even necessarily think you need to say inner child. I think you can just say childhood. His childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not even saying his. Like, I don't think you need to specify. I think he's, I think there's this sort of coil of reality uh, that people can interface with in different ways. And he sort of understands, yeah, a kid's going to like this. Yeah. 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 And this makes sense for children. Right. And he can be in touch with his inner child and he can be good with children. Right. Uh, like, uh, like, yeah, like you could be a preschool teacher who has absolutely no whimsy left in their heart and is still good with kids. That is true. I, I as a former preschool teacher, <laughs> I've met these people. <laughs> I was going to say, you have whimsy in your heart. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, obviously I'm a whimsical motherfucker. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> You need a t-shirt that says, <laughs> I'm a whimsical motherfucker. Yeah, they wouldn't let me back in preschool. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the illustrations, I think, are fantastic. Mm. Um, and I think, I, I agree. They, they allow this additional way for readers and kids primarily to, uh, they, it provides an additional way to interface with yes. the book. Yeah. Um, and, and like the joy of like, okay. This is the thing, and then this is what it looks like. Especially because there are definitely poems in the book that it's almost impossible to visualize yes. what he's talking about if he hadn't included a drawing. Right, right. Drawing. Drawing. A sketch. And <laughs> <laughs> Some um, art. And yeah. I think about there's a poem in this one where it's the poem's written on the neck of a giraffe. Yeah, I love that. And it's the only poem in the book that's technically completely illustration. That um, no, there's. I thought there was another one that was written on somebody's nose. Am I wrong about oh, that? Oh yeah. And actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe those are the ones that I thought didn't rhyme. But it could be that I just was uh, I, distracted I, honestly, I didn't write by them down because the novelty of it. I was like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, I just that's so good. The one that's the invisible boy, and then the the illustration is just a, a rectangle. <laughs> I just it's yeah, it's clever. Oh, it's so I'm, good. I, I okay, I'm gonna put the book down. I don't I I don't want to spend like a minute of the podcast. Just I know, like, just trying to oh. find the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe maybe those are the ones that don't rhyme. I don't know. Don't I don't have that that sort of clear recall yeah it's um because they blend together and all right i'm gonna say it say it i think there are um some uh, real uh misses mm. i think there there are some real misses i think that there are uh there's a non-zero amount of poems in the book that are like don't think it's the finest hour and not to say that every poem, every poet needs to write needs to be complete fire. Absolutely not. Right. Uh, for sure. Um, but there's some poems in there that I'm like, really, this made it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what this was... Made it in. Can I ask what your least favorite? I didn't write them down. Ah, okay. Okay. I didn't write them down because I read them. I was like, that, and I moved on. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially yeah. because I'm at this point in my life where I don't want to linger on the things I don't like. That's healthy, um, I think. So... I only wrote down the poems that uh, I really liked. Okay. Um, which were love, mm-hmm. um, 
I liked Enter This Deserted House. Oh, that one's good. Yes. Which is yeah. actually page 56. I don't even have that looked. I, I memorized what page that one was. Wow. Uh, I, okay. Because <laughs> um, the final line of this poem is, and my child, I thought you knew I dwell here and so do you. Mm. Um, and it's, I, I lo- I'm obsessed with this poem because I'm obsessed with houses. Okay. Um, and architecture. Mm-hmm. And the whole poem is about this house that's empty, but it's not empty mm. through the whole thing. So it's constantly playing. Like, he's he's always playing with these simple dichotomies. Yeah. Um, so the house is supposed to be deserted, but every stanza is like, frogs are here, crickets are here, jays are here, sunbeams are here, ferns and flowers and daisies and bats and owls and gnomes and goblins. Mm. Um, and the farther you get down, you get like, there's a whole ecosystem in this house that apparently no one lives in. Yeah. Um, and then at the final, final line, you're like, oh, and us. Right. We right. can't forget. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like feeling emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel. <laughs> I'm notoriously. Yeah, young. you're you're notoriously stone-hearted. Yeah. 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 As people are crying in public, and I just walk on by. <laughs> I don't ask how they're doing. In fact, I ask them to move because they're, <laughs> they're in your way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I in front of the grape jelly, and there's not a lot of grape jelly, and I needed grape jelly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Excuse me. Mm. yeah can you can you take your crying elsewhere please thank you very much you dwell here but so do i (laughs) um one that i um sort of highlighted for myself and this is a big um this is a bit of a nostalgia for me but it's the unicorn on page 76 Mm -hmm. which i think you're reading along at home um <laughs> yes i'm reading along at home uh which get i to, that asmr in, that is <laughs> oh yeah this one's the, one of the big ones yeah yeah yeah. and that one was um a song that i knew as a child um that i actually like i have this very um funny memory slash family story of we were on vacation somewhere and uh we went to we went out to eat at this restaurant and there were singers there. There was like a, a duo, man and a woman, and they had a guitar. And um, I was four or five years old, like very little. And I went up and I asked them if they could play a song that I knew. And they said, oh, we, we don't know that one, but do you want to stay up here and sing a song with us? And I said, sure, because I was whatever um a burgeoning theater kid exactly i was i was gonna say i was you know who i am today doing (laughs) ridiculous you're you're on the edge of like because even at that age i was a raging yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) um so the song that they chose was the unicorn so i have this very like distinct memory of like being a little kid being up on you know a stage in in air quotes because it was probably like a tiny platform in this restaurant but singing the unicorn and so like like revisiting that poem for me was i don't know it brought up it brought up a lot of good feelings you felt the felt the magic yeah i felt the magic i felt the whimsy and um and yeah i actually can't i can't read that poem without singing it um which is funny but you know it's really endearing it is it's very it's I feel like 
and, and a lot of a lot of his poems, getting back to style, are very musical. You know, um, they could be songs if they are not already. Yes, in fact, um, if I could find it real quick, uh, page seventy. Mm-hmm. We talked about this earlier. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia. Yeah. Would not take the garbage out. Um, I won't read the whole thing, but the whole, the like you could l- listen to the stresses mm-hmm. uh, on the way it carry like it carries itself along. Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia, Strout would not take the garbage out. She'd scour the pots, scrape the pans, candy the yams, and spice the hams. And though her daddy would scream and shout, she simply would not take the garbage out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a real music. Yeah, it is. That that's like. Um, a bop, I dare say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, oh, it is a bop. I and agree. It goes, it, it, it's so fun. You you kind of forget the fact that he's lecturing you for not doing your chores. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's an example of, like, like great use of meter. Yes. I found a poem I don't care for. And you can argue with me. Okay. On this one. What page? Uh, 63. It's called Ridiculous Rose. It's just three lines. Ah, yes. Her mama said, don't eat with your fingers. Okay, said Ridiculous Rose, so she ate with her toes. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it is, yes. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> you can see, like, there's a degree of charm. It's like, hee-hee, you know? It's a hee-hee kind of right. poem. Um, but it definitely, I, I feel like it's not a formed thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have so many of these poems that are, like, formed thoughts, even if you can't, like, pinpoint exactly what the poem is trying to tell you. Right. Which I think is the mark of a good poem, because you can sort of take from the poem what you will mm-hmm. and then make your argument for why you've taken that. Yeah. Um, but this is this is really, like, this is like a sound bite of something that's happened. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I feel that. Like, there's a playfulness, but I wouldn't call it where the sidewalk ends no no and it's it is interesting that yeah you have these poems that are you know some of them are pages and pages long and they and then you have this little three-liner like yeah you have a tweet just kind of tossed in there a tweet (laughs) (laughs) my god um yeah no i i feel you on that that's that is um yeah, that I, I might have uh, put that one on the chopping block too. Um, did you have in your edition? Did you have the like additional ones um, from? I have <laughs> the, the director's cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the, what is this? The thirtieth anniversary or something like that? Do you have Do you have the cover? Can I see the cover? Yes. Yeah, <gasps> Excuse me. This one. <laughs> Get with it, Mason. Sorry. God. No, no. It's the thirtieth anniversary special edition, bro. I'm a filthy casual. I just have the OG. Oh my god. Well I know. This I'm irredeemable. <laughs> this one has a few extra poems in it, which I thought was kind of fun. Um one that I just went by that I wanted to talk about was the um because we were talking about the, the illustrations, the the tortoise and the bagpipe, I think is what it's called. Oh fuck! Now I won't be able to find it. I I you know what? I want I can't participate because I don't have these poems. What? I don't have it. It's the the extended edition. 
Oh, maybe that was, was that not in yours? You don't remember one about a tortoise and a bag, was that, bagpipe? Was that not what you were just talking about? I was, but then I, but then my brain made a leap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one called tortoise and no, a bagpipe. No, you do. The but... bagpipe who didn't say no, but there's a picture of a turtle on it. It's, oh, what okay. page? <laughs> okay, I have that one then. Oh my God. You went on a journey, Marty. I did. I did. You drove by with the car, but you did not wait for me to get in. <laughs> Sorry. It was just one that I I thought that the um, illustration brought it to life a lot. The bagpipe who didn't say no is on page 132. <laughs> Half of this episode is just <laughs> listening to the pages and <laughs> jumping from poem to poem. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> It was nine o'clock at midnight at a quarter after three when a turtle met a bagpipe on the shoreside by the sea. And the, and the turtle, turtle said, said, My dearie, may I sit with you? I'm weary. And the bagpipe didn't say no. Weird uh, commentary on consent. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, it's really, yep. Um, huh. Anyway, I. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have time to talk about consent and Silverstein? <laughs> I don't really think so. <laughs> Silverstein, just for the record, you can fight me on this. The royal you, not you, because you can agree with me, obviously. Uh, Silverstein is a very pro-consent writer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but this one with the, the illustration of the little, the bagpipe and then the turtle across from it, and you can see how they look they have a similar shape and all that I'm like I don't know it blah <laughs> blah <laughs> listeners I'm sorry <laughs> no, don't you I to apologize for my friend who's not to apologize for okay I, I have something I, I want to pitch to you okay okay um I'm gonna make a claim okay I want you to either agree or disagree with this. You fucking cat. I know. I'm sorry. She just scared you, me too. <laughs> you did, you looked back for a second. I thought like uh, Ben had just come into the room. I mean, I did too because I heard this like and with such yeah. No, it was the cat. Okay, <clears throat> so I think uh, we shouldn't go through this book without talking about the titular poem mm. uh, where the sidewalk ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I'm going to read a little bit of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Okay. So the managers of the Silverstein estate can't can't at me. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm going to read the first stanza. Okay. So where the sidewalk ends. There is a place where the sidewalk ends and before the street begins. And there the grass grows soft and white. And there the sun burns crimson bright. And there the moon bird rests from his flight to cool in the peppermint wind. Mm. Um, so here's here's my claim. This, to me, feels like a poem from a completely different book. Ah. There's a quality to this titular poem that I think gives it a certain gravitas yes. that differentiates it from all of the other poems intended for children. That is interesting. 
do you think that is uh, bullshit <laughs> or not? I don't think it's bullshit. I don't think that in reading this, I would say that it doesn't fit with the rest of the collection. So for reference, I'll, I'll read from a poem on the page before. Mm-hmm. Her mama said, don't eat with your fingers. Okay, so ridiculous was associated with her toes. Well, that is a terrible example to, to pull out, <laughs> Jack. Um, I guess what, what stands out to me, and especially, I hate to be that person, but when you read a poem aloud, too, I think that always makes a difference. So listening to you read that first stanza of Where the Sidewalk Ends evoked for me um, childhood imagery that I think is still in keeping with the tone of the book. Okay, so, so question. Yeah. As a child, yeah. what's a moon bird? It's a moon bird. As a child, a moon bird to me would be a bird that is silhouetted on the moon, similar to the bat signal. (laughs) (laughs) Not not dissimilar, but not quite akin to how Commissioner Gordon (laughs) reaches out to Gotham's primary vigilante. But so so in hearing you read that aloud, and I, I can't re- like I can't actually speak to whether this same imagery came up when I read it the first time, but when the grass grows soft and white and the sun burns crimson bright, um, and the peppermint wind, all of that makes me think of of summertime. For some reason. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Peppermint wind feels like winter to me. I know. But for whatever reason, to me. I know. I am picturing. Summer's like a cinnamon wind. (laughs) I'm picturing like peppermint ice cream when I read that. So like. I don't know. I feel like this. This this is like veering into the. I had the immediate image. Of someone throwing peppermint ice cream at someone's face. (laughs) (laughs) And then walking away being like, eat that peppermint wind. So if any therapists are listening to this episode, (laughs) you want to reach out. (laughs) So, So that, like, my takeaway is, I feel like... It's not my favorite poem, but yeah. I think it's the strongest poem. It is a strong poem. Absolutely. Uh, the strongest, Mason. <laughs> the fucking strongest. All right? You put this up against Hug of War. Hug of War's not even going to fight. It's going to oh, hug Oh, I love Hug of War. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight? The love song of J. Alfred Prufrock or The Raven? Oh, The Raven. The raven. Yeah. My gut instinct was the raven yeah. as well. I don't know why. The bir- like the bird, not like the main character. Oh, yeah, like, the bird, absolutely. The, the bird, like if we're anthropomorphizing the poem, <laughs> anthropomorphize the bird, not the tormented man oh, who's the obviously, narrator like, and main character. Who wants to see him in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> 
Because if you do that, if you put the man in the in the raven up against the man in the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, you just get two sad, lonely oh, men. So sad. Saying, like, fighting because there's nothing else to do. Oh, man. Whew. Whew. Yeah. So we're actually at that time. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on the collection where the sidewalk ends? Uh, I don't know. It was a lovely little trip down memory lane. I think I texted you at one point. That I, and I was like, oh, I just like forgot how incredibly delightful all of this poetry oh, is. Oh, yes. You texted me that, and it was recently after I read a poem that I thought was not good. So <gasps> uh, I don't think I, I immediately responded. I think I think you said something like, that's what he's known for. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds way more bitchy than, <laughs> than the intended tone. Um, yeah, so, so I, I don't know, I just really enjoyed uh, rereading this, and I look forward to someday sharing this with, with the littles in my life, because um, I don't know, I just think it's, it's fun. Um, how about you, final thoughts, Jack? Um, no, <laughs> I went through all of them just then. Okay. My final thought was, we gotta do Giving Tree. Yes, I agree. I re- Everything that came, like, every website was talking about, like, the big ones yeah. are Where the Sidewalk Ends and Giving Tree, mm-hmm. um, which I was I thought was interesting because Light in the Attic, I think, is pretty up there. It is. Absolutely. Uh, falling Up, I would say, is after that. Yeah. That's what I... But I think those were the ones that were just in vogue when I was in middle school. <laughs> in um, vogue. Yeah, in the zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're just there. We're in second grade. We're taking a drag on a crayon. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm going to say, I think following up is better than the seminal Where the Sidewalk Ends. Oh, man. It's in the zeitgeist right now. It's in the People are talking. People are talking. It's the zeitgeist. The guy, zeitgeist is what people are talking that's about. That's what, it's what the, yeah, it's the people are talking. Yeah. Teacher's yeah. like, it's math. Put the books away. <laughs> Uh, and with that, we're going to go into rabbits. Rabbits. I hate rabbits. If there's anything I hate more than a rabbit, it's two rabbits. Hello and welcome to Rabbits. This is the segment at the end of the show where we review the book on a scale of none to five rabbits. You're allowed to give something a decimal amount of rabbit. Just don't think too much about what it means to give something half of a rabbit. So, Marty, Marty, Marty. Oh, you always make me go first. Where the Sidewalk Ends by Sheldon Allen Silverstein. I did not know his middle name. Did you make it and up? Now you do. <laughs> No, I sensed it. I'm an empath. <laughs> um, how many rabbits am I giving it? Yep, same question I asked. I know, I episode. know, I know. I I'm gonna give it four. Four rabbits. Four rabbits. Yeah. 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 Four yeah. four fluffy, hoppy little rabbits. Explain yourself. Explain yourself <laughs> because um, it's it's delightful. I mean, it's not perfect. Right, but what book is? Um, but it is uh, it is just as delightful to read as an adult in my thirties as it was an eight year old. Um, and I agree that uh, 
it exists in the schools and it should continue to. Um, I, I love the, I still can't get over how much I love the, uh, illustrations accompanying the poems. I know, um, I mean, the words matter, but like having the, I don't know, having the picture, it, it sure does help sometimes. Um, <laughs> gosh dang. Gosh dang. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm giving it four. That's what I said, right? Four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that tracks. Kind yeah, of verified. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So how about you, Jack? I think I'm going to go three and three quarters. Okay. Always got a low, lower. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ass. <asshole. laughs> I mean, people keep telling me we need to fight more on this show. We need to argue. Me! I know. I'm not good at fighting. It's me! I'm not good at fighting, though, Jack. No, I, I said it. I, uh, then, um... After we finished Twilight, my mom came to me and said, I'm glad you're done with Twilight. I, I think you guys should read books you actually like. Five, <laughs> <laughs> three, three and a half. I'll give it three and a half. Three and a half. Whoa. Yeah. Them's fighting words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, yeah. Those, that's a fuck you to <laughs> <laughs> All right, explain yourself. Um, Listen, I think it's great. I think it's a good collection of poems. Yeah, I'd share it with my kids. Mm-hmm. With all five, all five of, them. of them. All five of them. <laughs> They're over here. They're actually like like salivating. Yeah, <laughs> hoping to get some some silver scene. Of course. Before bedtime. Of course. Um, but they get one, <laughs> and they have to be unanimous which one. Oof. Um, and they keep requesting Sarah sending Sylvia Stroud. Ah. Uh. Um, and so I said they can't do that, and so they've been in arbitration for two weeks. Wow. Wow. About which one, <laughs> which one comes next? Those kids of yours, man. Um, listen, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are several poems that don't need to be here. Uh, do you blame like, Silverstein or his editor? Um, <laughs> I don't think I can. I, I think it's a team effort. I think I can blame the team. Okay. Because definitely, like, like you have a thought and you write it down. And you want to share it with people? Yeah. It's not a crime. No. Do I begrudge Ridiculous Rose? No. <laughs> Regardless of whether or not she ate with her toes. Right. Um, do, do I think it's like upholds the standard? Like, I think I think there's this sort of mythological um, grandiosity mm. that comes with the memory of Shel Silverstein. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he's like... He becomes a member of the sort of childhood mythos. Yeah. Where people can vaguely remember a Shel Silverstein. I think you can go, like, if you were to read a poem, um, like one of the more famous poems, uh, you'd have a good deal of poem that would, like, dissociate trying to place themselves in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he sort of has an invisibility about him that, like, Dr. Seuss does not have. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you start reading The Cat and the Hat, people know it's going to be The Cat and the Hat because every page says the fucking Cat and the Hat. Right. Um, it's it's we know green eggs and ham in my house right now. Green, green eggs and yeah. ham. Lorax. Yeah. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. You know the big ones. Oh, <laughs> the places you'll fucking go. <laughs> but if you if you walk up to, to the, you know, uh, an average Joe in the street and you start saying, you know what? Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia Stroud would not take the garbage out. They wouldn't appreciate you just walking up and saying that. No, like, probably not. They wouldn't he- here in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, 
they'd be no, like, no, you know, Oklahoma. <laughs> you walk out and you'd say, Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia, Stout wouldn't take the garbage out. They'd be like, yeah, fucking take it up with her, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> eating here. <laughs> this is the parking lot outside of a subway. Um, and you're clearly, that bag says Quizno, so I don't know where oh, man. the food's come Oof. from. Um, but uh, I don't think a lot of the poems live up to, I think, the the grandeur mm. of Shel Silverstein. And going back and reading that, being like, I probably, if I was reading this to my kids, we'd skip over these ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, cause some of them feel like they end before they begin, mm-hmm. um, and not in a way that's sort of epigrammatic, um, not in a way that's, uh, it feels like a, a complete notion. It's just like, here's a fun thought. Um, the end, <laughs> nothing else happened yet. Like, like, yeah. yeah and, and so, um, I, I can't, and my brain's like, no, we're not going to get behind that. Yeah. Um, three and three quarters. Okay. Three, okay. I'll, I'll go back. Okay. Up. Okay. Do- doesn't seem fair. Because, like, listen, any book that I'd be like, I'd share I'd share that with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, that seems like a good, that seems like a good marker mm-hmm. for doing that. And I'm like, yeah, I'd share, listen, they wouldn't appreciate it, but I'd share Native Son with my kids. I mean, yes. <laughs> They'd be like, Dad, what's the Communist Party? And I'd be like, okay, we're going to start with McCarthyism. <laughs> that show I was telling you about that I was watching the other day, um, there's a line about the the mother reading Ayn Rand to her daughter when she's like a small child. <laughs> I love that, and I can't wait to talk about that with you more. But we're gonna put it. We're I know. Put a pin in that thing with absolutely no context. I, it's fine. It's for the reader base. Well, so thank you for listening to the <laughs> summer reading podcast. Jack's gonna I, kill me. <laughs> don't, don't don't say that about your friend. <laughs> Don't talk about your friend that way. (laughs) Okay, go Uh, ahead. Our music is by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Instagram at Nathan.Morrissey77. Our editor is my brilliant, amazing, wonderful, lovely, brilliant mother, Rosa Maria. You can find her on Instagram and at Etsy at Crochetwell, all one word. Uh, I have been your professor. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram at Jack from TV. And I have been your librarian. My name is Marty. And you can find me on Instagram at Marty underscore Thek, T-H-E-K. And Marty, would you tell us the email address? I would. I will. Um, it is summerreadingpodcast at gmail.com. Please send us a note. Um, let us know if we make any glaring errors. We love corrections. We love feedback. Uh, be nice. Send us, kind. send us book recommendations. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If anything uh, we have yet to cover that you would like us to cover. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for listening. Please join us next time where we read The Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. Woo! We will hear you then.